Well, hello, hello. It is Wednesday, February the 10th of 2016. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Daniel Friesen. You are listening to Wittenberg Radio, the official podcast of CMU Student Council. We don't actually promote that very often that we're a part of Student Council, but we are. Uh, Little known fact. It's a true story. They're giving us lots of money, and we really appreciate that. By lots, we mean $500 in the event of transparency. Per year. Per year. That's open It's open information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... You can follow our past episodes on wittenbergradio.com. Also subscribe on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. Follow us on Twitter as well to find out when that next episode comes out. We're at Wittenberg Radio. Facebook page, Wittenberg Radio. Email us your comments, questions, concerns, favorite recipes, what your reading week plans are, any of that at uh, wittenbergradio at gmail.com. It's almost reading week, Daniel. It's almost reading week. It's almost reading week. I was almost going to I was almost going to ask you what your... Uh, what you're going to do over your last reading week ever, but I'm not going to. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to ch- chase paper, hopefully. If not, I'm going to sit around and be a bored boy. Well, that sounds awesome. I think I'm going on a songwriting retreat to a cabin in the White Shell. Ooh. So we'll see if that pans out to be what it will be. Which uh, which band is that with? That, that is retreating with Re-Array and the Rubies. Ooh. Yes. No one's in so many bands I can't even keep track. My ears are a little bit ringing. We're also uh, from the Soul Intuition performance yesterday. It's true. At Chapel. Yesterday, it's very loud. I should have worn your plugs. I should have worn your plugs. I always think I should have worn your plugs. I fully expect to be deaf by the time I'm 50, um, which is a depressing thought. But onward and But it was fun. The pancakes were good. That's true. I even got a couple pancakes. I could kind of munch I them like a... I got four. I munched them like a sandwich ball. Bloody freaking da. Uh, <laughs> lots to talk about today on today's show. We'll be interviewing Sarah Otten as well as Neil Peters representing the Black Rock Cafe, which has experienced a sudden resurgence in this winter semester. Um, we'll talk more on that in just a little while. Very much looking forward to chatting with those two. But first, uh, some revelations from the world of CMU Blazers athletics, Daniel. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about what happened over this past weekend. No, um, same one. The, the CMU women's basketball team was handed their first loss uh, this weekend in league play. They lost to Red River. And there was, uh, there's been a, an interesting debate surrounding this because um, one factor in Red River's win, it can be argued, was a, uh, was a player um, who is a uh, sort of, from what I understand, sort of technically graduated already, but they brought them back to take a couple classes and then... Play a ringer, as a it were. Of, uh, yes. Uh, not only a ringer, but this person was playing on the women's basketball team and is uh, transitioning to be a woman. And she is... From being uh, a no, 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 no. She's transitioning from a woman to be a man. I see. But she's still playing on the women's team. All right. Which is which is interesting, and it poses, a kind of, it poses an interesting uh, scenario that I don't think the minute, uh, from what I gathered... Uh, that the MCAC has been able to deal with or has had to deal with before. So that's it's really interesting. So I ask you, if you're the commissioner of the MCAC, Daniel, put yourself in those shoes just for a second. Okay. Uh, Hold on. What if, They're pretty if, big. Okay. okay. <laughs> put on some extra socks. Yes, please do. All right. Now that's it well. Good. What is, what's the right thing to do here? What is, is If they're transitioning to being a man, do you put, do you put them on the, man, on the male team? Or well, happens? I don't see... Um, I don't see necessarily why that should matter i feel like uh necessarily as you know if they were formerly if they had already played most of the season with the one team why shouldn't they just stick with that team it just just because they changed their gender identity i don't think they should have to suddenly you know fit into a whole new uh culture of a new team um in terms of the rule with them having technically been graduated that's another that's i feel like that could be pretty hard and fast where like what does the rule say? What's the status of the student? 
solve sure. for x but the yeah the other issue I, I don't i don't think that should be a big deal because i mean saying that that person um because of their gender identity shouldn't should be somewhere else kind of says something stereotypical about uh, gender roles in athletics which i think is usually not true that is to say that uh someone who identifies as a man is inherently you know different at sports than someone who identifies as a right woman. someone with a bit more like i mean again stereotypically but you know with, with there's a larger body there's more muscle there's more you know there's there are more there's more energy there there's well, i mean i don't know about energy there's like you know there's an inherent strength that i think is is there and there's and this has come up in the olympics before as well i can think of a sprinter from south africa castor Semania, who um has who also trans i think was in the process of transitioning or something that made her i think not completely identify as a woman and yet she ran as a woman and absolutely destroyed the the competition um yes and there was a lot of controversy and then they everyone i believe the outcome was that people said her, her medals were not uh what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> they didn't take her medals away from her. no they didn't do that um yeah I, as, I just recall there being a lot of invasive a lot of invasive body tests um yeah so it's an interesting situation but uh we will yeah it's just it's something to, it's something interesting that that came up this weekend that I thought we could talk about okay let's move on to the interview here shall we uh sitting with us here today are sir Auden and neil peters uh and they are managers of the Blau Rock. Now, for those first years who do not know what the Blau Rock is, if you went there last semester, you would have noticed a ghost of a bar with occasionally a couple of people sitting behind there, you know, for a couple hours every now and again. And there was a lot of a lot of dialogue surrounding the what's the future of the Blau Rock Cafe? Is it going to be done with the arrival of the Folio Cafe not too long ago? But go there now and you will find a once again thriving community of of people wanting to serve coffee and volunteering their time, taking a couple hours to serve drinks to people, and I think that's and obviously sales have been up since that because of more, of more baristas, etc. So we want to talk a little bit about what uh, has brought about this resurgence. So we brought in Neil Peters, and Sarah Otten, uh, who are co-managers of the Blau Rock. Hello, you two. Hi. Uh, can you quickly clarify what your roles are on the, uh, the in the Blau Rock leadership? Yeah, I am the. Uh, how do you say? I'm at the top of the game. What's the one? He's a hotshot. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's a hotshot. Yeah. He just pretends that Number he one head does honcho. everything. Yeah, I chair the Blauark board, which means that I uh, show up to the meetings, and then the people who actually do the work tell me what's happening, and <laughs> I give them a thumbs up. And then you get the credit. Yeah, that's the one. Perfect. Excellent. That's really awesome. And Sarah? So basically, I'm in esclavitude, and <laughs> I basically do all the purchasing and volunteer coordinating at the Blau Rock, make sure we don't run out of coffee, which sure. would be disastrous. Catastrophic. My understanding is coffee is key to a coffee shop. Is that, can you confirm or deny? Um, my my <laughs> underlings, my minions tell me the same thing. Okay, excellent. Yeah, they confirm that. We're on the same page. Then. Can one of you, for those of you who, for those students who do not know what the Blau Rock is, can you uh, give a brief like synopsis of its, of its history and how, how it got started? in the days pre-folio? Well, the Blauer Cafe is, of course, named for George Blaurock, the uh, the historic figure. First guy gave Member of the Radical Revolution. Yeah, it was rad. <laughs> totally rad. 
Thumbs up. He was the raddest reformer. Indeed. And First person to be baptized. Mm. Indeed. Or rebaptized, as it were. Yes. Yeah. Anabaptized, in fact. <laughs> Anabaptized. <laughs> yes. So, um, at the beginning of CMU, the, I guess, coalition of two colleges or multiple bodies, a group of students in this new university decided that the, um, there was a substantial market for a cafe and that they could use this market to, you know, uh, create student jobs and and what year did it start Neil do you know uh, it started in the year 2001 2001, the year 2001. Okay. so it's almost still the same US yeah okay that's right at the beginning that this idea came up nice and it started uh, as a way to gather funds for nonprofit organizations hmm. um, yeah it was uh, an initiative that nobody really knew where it was going to go they started with hours of 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. and then 10 till midnight was their initial proposed hours. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, as I'm sure you'll realize now, if you come to the block in the afternoon, many things have changed. We are now open in the afternoon and not so much from 10 to 12. Um, in fact, never as for long as I've been here. And uh, yeah, we've we've made a lot of changes and adjusted to what what things have happened in between. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, how did you get to be on board with um, the Blarock and being a part of management? Uh, this is my second year as manager, um, two years ago. Pretty much all the students that were previously running the Blawak were graduating. And so there was actually a question then, even before the folio came around, as to, is the Blawak going to stick around? And I'm like, oh, I kind of like coffee, like, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. it's my weak spot. Okay. And so I'm like, and I like people. I like creating space where people can hang out and chill and be friends okay. and have coffee. Have coffee, yeah. Which you like, and is a is a strong part of a coffee shop, as we all know. As we all know, <laughs> as previously stated. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, so the original mission, uh, Neil, is to raise money for nonprofit organizations. Is this still an, a, a part of what the Blau Rock does? It is, and it's, I think, uh, an underrecognized part because, I, I don't know, some people, I guess, assume that we just pay ourselves and pocket the money, which would be great, but that's not, that's not what we do. And it's all Really fun. also not that lucrative either. No, um, especially not last semester, it seems. This semester, it would it'd be more of an interesting mm-hmm. endeavor. Uh, however, we've uh, already committed this year to donating any proceeds we make this semester uh, to Cello Mission. Uh, which is a selection of our student volunteers, I believe. Oh, that's yeah, all, that's, that's unreal. We were talking to the people at Slow Mission, and they're like, people like coffee, but donations are rarely coffee. And we're like, well, we're a coffee shop. We like coffee. We can donate our excess coffee and excess funds to you guys. Hmm. So you're donating coffee as well as funds, I see. Whatever we have left over at the end of the year. I see. Nobody nice. likes stale coffee anyways. So if we kept it till next year... There's that. Sad customers. It's true. It's very true. So, at the beginning of this year, you guys go. You guys are are going in. Even at the end of last year, it seemed, at least from a, I think from a, a student perspective, that it was starting to, to fade, especially with the arrival of the Folio Cafe on campus. Um, what were your, I, what were your conversations like, uh, then, and uh, yeah, what were you guys talking about in terms of the Blood Rock's future? Personally, I was, oh, sorry. 
personally, I didn't really see it actually existing this semester. I felt like last semester would be the last. But then it's like volunteers just popped out of the snow like daisies. Popped and out of the snow like daisies. Yeah. I love it. In the renewal of spring. I was going to say earlier that, yeah, I was on, I was the student council rep on the Blau Rock board last year. And I remember talking about kind of winding up to wind down the Blau Rock, but uh, get, or assuming that it would be unsustainable to keep running it. But that was still an unfinished conversation. So can you, uh, at the start of this year, when you, what, what was, uh, where did the conversation go from uh, beginning winding it down to uh, what was the, what was the point at which you figured this could be a resurgence? Well, it was um, at the end of last year that I became involved with student council, and I didn't really know very much about the Blau Rock Cafe beyond my first year when I volunteered there. And it was just a, a natural part of uh, my position. I'm VP Finance with student council, of course. And so that's suddenly I found myself involved. And I said, well, what is this place? Uh, what, what is actually this history? And so I looked through the books, and there's this rich history of four passionate students uh, 15, 16 years ago who put a lot of effort uh, into what they called a labor of love, which is creating this uh, this project for them and uh, something that students have enjoyed since. And I said, wow, there, there might be some value here. Um, because I, my first impression from the people I was hearing from was that, like, like, like you said, last year they were talking about shutting it down and winding it up. And so we as student council had a long conversation about it. One meeting actually was pretty much dedicated to it. And I think that was really the turning point because a lot of the student uh, leaders in that group uh, took it in different directions, started talking about it with their friends, and there is suddenly interest again. I mean, that's word of mouth. Uh, word of mouth spreads that interest. Hmm. And then it comes back to this semester, at the start of this semester, and already like there are people in that blow rock at 8.30 in the morning on a Monday, no less. Um, on a Monday? I know. What is your, what are, what is your reaction to that? think it's a bit of shock it's a bit of just what are they doing up that early is my question yeah, i didn't know there was an 8 30 on mondays i thought it kind of started at 10 <clears throat> yeah <laughs> i think it's super exciting um not what i expected for sure but the word of mouth it's so true hmm. just talking to different people and i'm kind of an introvert so like that can be kind of difficult sure so when you get someone like emily ham kudos to her She's and she ham. just oh yeah the way <laughs> she gets excited and gets other people excited it's just really contagious absolutely um so now with with a resurgence in uh in interest in the blood rock is there any uh any th other thoughts in terms of like okay where can we take it now from here now we're back to like a fully running operation yeah look into the future it's I mean, the, the founding group, those four students, had a lot of ideas about what the Blau Rock could be and perhaps should be. Uh, they say in their notes that I have in front of me uh, that they, uh, wow, they wanted... that's a big binder. Yeah, it is. It's outrageous. Let me talk about afternoon. That? What is that, like a two, two and a half, three, three yeah, four inches? It's a three, and I found it in a stack of five such binders. Wow. Most Why of didn't it, you ever tell me about this? Extensive also, archiving. History is here. Uh, history of the Blood Rock is written in Comic Sans font. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> Don't trust the Founding Fathers' comic choice. Or so going, going back to the original text, we're somewhat experiencing a, a classical era of, a renaissance of the Blood Rock. Of awful, awful fonts, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the texts, which is from 15 years ago, 
which were then inspired by the Greeks before them. Indeed, the who Greeks. invented coffee shops. And George Blarock. And they, George Blarock. They invented him. Um, <laughs> by proxy. Indeed. Okay. And so they, uh, you know, at the time, the minimum wage was $7, and they said we should you know, strive to pay our volunteers on par with that. And wow. I think... Pay volunteers? Yeah. Yeah, an honorarium. And at times, there has been a partial honorarium. Um, I mean, that's perhaps not feasible at this point yet, but if traffic continues to increase, that might be something we can look into. Um, uh, it hasn't been in practice for years now, but uh, that would be a great place to be. Hmm. Well, great. That's amazing. I didn't know that that had been a thing. What were some of these? I'm curious about what were some of these original ideas that uh, these original founding uh, founding persons had 15 years ago that maybe maybe can stand to have some uh, revisitation also. Well, it was of course the model of hours. They were kind of looking at you know the morning rush between nine and twelve and the evening. Get 10 my to papers 12. done in <laughs> now. Yeah. I need some coffee. Ten to yeah. twelve. The desperate hour, as we yes. call it. Oh, yes. Yeah, and you know that services the I missed snack and now I want to eat something crowd as well. Hmm. Um, I think that that's you know an, an interesting idea. I don't know uh, if it's feasible. Maybe I mean there's been talk for years about finding a place on campus to have an on campus bar, and if that ever happens, the Blauark <laughs> is a natural place to do that. I was just gonna ask about this. There, this has been uh, championed by a, a number of people, like maybe not actively, but like th there's been some pretty vocal support for it. I think Chris Hubner among them. Um, mm -hmm. Whoa! I know. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. He doesn't listen. Can you can you comment on this sort of on what that might look like, if at all? Yeah. Let's just let's just imagine for a second that there's like a a bar on North Campus. What happens? Yeah. Well, it's considered an alternative to like completely removing the the dry campus thing because plenty of students think it would be good to have some alcohol on like, campus, and there are a variety of ways to do that. Um, yeah, we need certified bartenders, and so uh, we probably look less to volunteers for that. And uh, if it were to happen, it would be mostly the same. Uh, situation, maybe more of a pub situation, um, sure, because it's you know a different atmosphere. Yeah, right. And obviously, there's all kinds of logistical concerns surrounding having a bar on campus. Yeah. Uh, one that comes to mind is like the CSMA, the music school that happens after hours. So <laughs> little kids walking through a bar to get through their classes. But all these, I mean, it's an interesting concept um, yeah. for sure. Uh, uh, what do you see uh, your future at the Blau Rock being? You two. I guess when you're graduating is a better question. And what do you hope to, what do you hope to accomplish before you before you leave? Well, <clears throat> poor Sarah's sick and we oh. made her do an interview today. Yeah, it's good that you guys can't actually see me, and hopefully my. <clears throat> you're much taller on the radio. Just. Oh me. yeah! Finally, let's pretend <laughs> I'm like six feet now. You're at least you're at least six two, I'd say. Thank yeah. you. You make me feel so much better about myself. Okay, um, well I'm in my. I have one more year left here. Okay. So, I, ideally, I would hand over management to someone else next year, because then you, they have the opportunity to get used to it and a protege, if you will. Yeah. Sure. And then I'll still be around so they can ask questions. That was one thing that was super difficult because the year I came into management everyone graduated that had previously been doing the Blywalk. And it's like, oh, what do I do now? And then it's like, oh, they're all gone. Sad. Yes, yes. Uh, to both of you, uh, what is your, 
what is your ideal vision when you leave this place of a Blau Rock? Um, like if you had to, if you were graduating this year, what is your, what would your ideal? In Blau one Rock sentence. Like? Yes, in thirty seconds or less. Lots of money. Yo. Capitalist <laughs> angle. Wow, you can tell you're the business student. What? Well, I'm not. I took a business minor. Sarah, and Sarah, Sarah, Sarah we're not here to judge. No, we are. I think we are. Well, maybe you are. Okay. Sarah, your your sentence. Oh. Um, for the blah, blah. The one impression that when people go there, you want them to come away with. Coffee, friends, and happy. Simple and effective. Very wonderful. Uh, last question to both of you. How does, can one still get involved with the Blau Rock and this resurgence? Can we hop on the bandwagon, as it were? Well, the amount of times I've redone the volunteer schedule this semester has been fantastic, but lots of times. So you can still be a volunteer if you really want to. But the best thing is to buy coffee and to hang out okay. there. There you go. Yeah, even just making the conscious decision to uh, do your readings there fills a space, um, makes it more familiar for for other students. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you both for coming in today, and uh, thanks for sharing the joy of the Blau Rock with us. Once again, that was Neil Peters and Sarah Auden, managers of the Blau Rock Cafe. Go visit them on North Campus in the Great Hall. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. Really cool to get to chat with Neil and Sarah here on the show. Are you going to take a Blau Rock shift now, Daniel? Uh, I'm gonna be honest, probably not. I did I did volunteer significantly in my first two years, uh, significantly in that I, uh, especially my first year, I would take multiple shifts in a row Whoa. to fill vacancies just because I lived uh, in the country and thought it was a cool place to hang out. So I, I have very, uh, that's where I met a lot of my friends in first year oh. actually. Uh, I met lots of like older students who, uh, you know, got me into uh, different scenes than I probably would have uh, normally gotten into uh, but you know it was, it was a very formative uh place for me i'm gonna jump into the daniel graduating thing a little bit and say if you could highlight one example of this meeting uh people and exploring new horizons um well i remember meeting um it's, these are people that probably no one listening or virtually no one listening will will remember or uh, that's probably not true uh no no first two students will know these people um but scott bergen and becky reeser uh two people who stand out in my mind as people who uh are much older than me at the time like four or five six years older than me um but that just kind of uh welcomed me into their circle of friends and i remember um having a participating in a john cage tribute uh concert at sam's place huh. and i i had just showed up to like to watch because i was like oh my friends are putting on this thing I'm just gonna just gonna go watch, and then I ended up participating in it, and it was really cool. And yeah, and just kind of like uh, facilitated me, uh, yeah, exploring exploring new friendships and uh, new uh, meeting new people in a in a very organic way. We're getting to know the man behind the beard here today <laughs> a little bit more insight into the usually people just get to know the beard but. right that now there's like there's like some skin and some and some like history and some feels <laughs> underneath there oh man the man the myth the legend daniel friesen exposed one particle at a time it's like an, peeling back the layers of an onion 
Moving into current events for this week, we're talking about um, what do we got here? I mean, sports. There's tons of sports to talk about. Uh, women's and men's basketball were in action. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit off the top on the show, but women's basketball was handed uh, their first loss of the season against Red River. Men's basketball took an 86-84 win. Nice job there, guys. Uh, women's and men's volleyball also were in action. Uh, both were taking on uh, Providence this past weekend. Women's volleyball took a 3-2 loss, but men's volleyball took a 3-0 loss there. Women's and men's volleyball also took on uh, the University of St. Boniface. I'm not going to try and do the French accent anymore because he's just going <laughs> to laugh at me. You know why I do that? I figured it out because oh my uh, my brother Nick used to play on the on the men's volleyball team and my mom would go watch them and she would make fun of the way like when at, at the, she would watch them at the University of St. Boniface and then they would she would like laugh every time that uh, St. Paul has to get a point and the announcer would go, Point le rouge. <laughs> and so, so every time that uh, we would talk about University of St. Paul, um, she would say, Oh, point le rouge. Oh, so this point is, le this, rouge. This is, why, this is why I think I was trying to emulate the, the, the French accent when oh, I tried to say. Good. Anyway, uh, women's and men's vo- volleyball was taking on St. Boniface this weekend. Women's volleyball took a 3 nothing loss, but the men took out a 3 nothing win. So nice job there, guys. Rebounding from the loss against Prov. Uh, women's and men's basketball also took on U- UW this week. Women's basketball took a decisive victory. Men fell just short there. So, yeah, it's really exciting to... Uh, see where our teams go heading down the stretch to playoffs i believe that we are at the end of this month we'll be starting to see some uh, teams in in playoff action so it's definitely something to look forward to there this week this thursday in the laudamus auditorium at seven o'clock is the verna jansen music competition yes competition it is the uh, the celebration of cmu's elite music makers um and there are seven fine for t- participants uh, this year. We've got the likes of Annalie Leptisen and Brianna Heinrichs on the piano. Uh, in terms of vocalists, Alyssa Hildebrandt and Elwin Bronstein Black on um, sopranos, baritones, Nathan Sawatsky-Dick, and hey, Matthew Barron, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yes, yes, fifth year still here. Matt Barron competing in this year's Verna May competition, as well cellist Yuna Chin. Will also be performing as well, all accompanied by Verna Weeb. It is completely free to attend at seven o'clock on Thursday night. And there's snacks. And there's free snacks afterward. A big reception follows uh, upstairs in the Heritage Lounge. So be sure to stick around for some free dainties and maybe some coffee there as well. Uh, yeah. What else is there to talk about? Vitine's Day this this Saturday. Yes. 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 Have what? What are you? What are you doing, Daniel? Oh, probably working. No fun. Oh, wait, it's on Sunday? So go it's, to... on, it's on Sunday. It's on Sunday. Oh, Are you right. doing anything Valentine's Day weekend? No. Well, being single, I really don't have anything. Who is to say you can't like... celebrate Valentine's Day if you're single? I, I guess. I just wouldn't know what that would look like. I love myself. Sorry. <laughs> that's for the that's for all the that's for all the Kendrick Lamar fans out there. Um, hey, know, the Grammys. I didn't know where you were going. The, Gram- that, so. the Grammys are coming up this weekend, also. The Grammys. Uh, the Grammys. Yes. You, any uh, any contentious uh, any nomination contentious nominations that you're uh, got oh, your eye on? Oh, I'm sure I've got a lot of contentious nominations out there. I'm really curious to see Best New Artist because um, I always you know that one always kind of just goes against the grain a little bit in terms of like the popular pick versus. Uh, who people might 
like think should get picked. Right. Uh, Megan Trainer is up for best new artist this year. Um, so I mean, of of uh, the people nominated, or I, I guess of anyone, who would you pick? Out of the people nominated, out of you, people, Nolan Kaler. If I were to pick a, if I were to pick a winner out of, we could just go through all the categories. We don't really have the time for that. Um, <laughs> best new artist. I mean, I guess Megan Trainer is a pretty popular pick. James Bay is also a decently. Uh, but who would the, you pick? I would pick Courtney Barnett because she is something. She's an Australian rocker and she's got some really, really rad stuff. Uh, Tori Kelly, maybe if I were pushing it. Uh, our boy Kendrick has 11 nominations. It's the most ever short of... It's the second most ever. Michael Jackson had the most ever. Right. And he, he said on The Tonight Show that he would not want to receive more nominations than Michael Jackson. Yes, that's true. But he is up against some stiff competition, including Taylor Swift, her yeah. highness. So... Well, we'll see. Who, yeah. I mean, what are you going to pick? 1989 was great. That one was really, really cool. But, I mean, I will rarely be this strong an advocate for doing something and tell you to do something but you need to listen to, to pimp a butterfly it is the single most amazing record i think i've ever heard in my whole life um yeah what else can we say <laughs> that's all but bit, bit branching off of school news but you know i can get my get my music grants in every now and again what else can we yeah i think that's pretty much it we can wrap up the show let's wrap it up let's wrap it up so as always you can tune in to this episode or past episodes on wittenbergradio.com subscribe on itunes or the podcatcher of your choice tweet at us we're at wittenberg radio on twitter facebook page please follow us there as well email us your comments questions concerns and your favorite reading week to do's or what you're planning to do for valentine's day at wittenbergradio at gmail.com until next time my name is nolan kaler and i'm daniel friesen and we'll catch you on the other side of reading week see ya wittenberg radio is a production of cmu student council the views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of cmu student council 